0: Hi, welcome to Health Now. I'm your host, Carrie Gann. This weekly podcast covers all things health, what's in the news, and what's on your mind. Whether you're trying to lose weight or watching fat and salt to manage a health problem, we have some tips to help you make more mindful choices all summer long. First up, the barbecue. A 20-ounce T-bone steak can weigh in at around 1,500 calories and 124 grams of fat. A cheeseburger is only a little better. That has about 750 calories and 45 grams of fat. The key to dialing it back is to go lean with cuts like pork tenderloin, skinless chicken breast, and lean ground beef. And those mayonnaise-based salads like coleslaw and potato salad, they can be loaded with fat. To cut calories, use light mayo or mix mayo with low-fat yogurt, light sour cream, or chicken stock. You could also try a German-style potato salad, which uses more vinegar than oil. Hot dogs and sausages are barbecue staples, of course, but they're also full of salt. A typical hot dog packs 1,250 milligrams of sodium, and a 6-ounce kielbasa has almost 1,600 milligrams of sodium. For reference, you should get less than 2,500 milligrams of sodium each day. Unless you have high blood pressure or you're at risk for it, then you should eat even less, about 1,500 milligrams a day. It's okay to enjoy them once in a while, but it's a good idea to save that splurge for something special. Now, when it comes to summer drinks, it's easy to overdo it on calories. Frozen cocktails like daiquiris and pina coladas are packed with sugar. Instead, try wine, a wine spritzer, or a mixed drink with seltzer and a splash of fruit juice. Alcoholic beverages aren't the only culprits. Sweet tea and sugary soda have about 150 calories each. Milkshakes and coffee concoctions have even more. So where possible, get the lighter or unsweetened version of your favorite drink, or just stick with water. Of course, it wouldn't be summer without ice cream, but a cup of soft serve can have almost 400 calories and 22 grams of fat. And that's before you add toppings and the cone. You don't need to give up on ice cream, but consider passing on the high-fat toppings and stick with smaller portions. Also, sherbet, fudge bars, and fruit bars are usually under 150 calories. If you're at the beach, you'll probably want to stop by the boardwalk for a snack. But beware of the deep-fried foods. Some of them may have more than a day's worth of fat. Cotton candy and caramel apples are smarter choices. If you're at the theater checking out those summer blockbusters, you'll likely hit the concession stand. But keep in mind that cheese nachos can have nearly 700 calories and 38 grams of fat. And depending on the theater, a medium-sized bucket of popcorn can have about 640 calories and 48 grams of fat. A better bet? order a small popcorn without the butter. And for your movie nights at home, have fruit, veggies with light dip, or small portions of popcorn. Now, don't worry. We're not telling you to eat nothing but salad all summer. Just save these summer favorites as a treat for every now and then.
1: Hey, I'm Brenda Goodman. I'm a journalist at WebMD and I'm here with Valerie Bichetta. She's our news editor and we recently published a story on our website that really resonated with our readers and it was called Why Women Struggle to Get the Right Diagnosis. It's all about how women have a hard time in the doctor's office being listened to and getting their complaints addressed. So Valerie, tell us a little bit about how this story
2: came about. Yeah, well, it actually started with another story, and this story was about something called a SCAD heart attack. And this is a heart attack that affects young women, so they often have a hard time getting it diagnosed. And the woman we featured in this story, she was 42 years old, she was a runner, and her sister had had one of these heart attacks. So when this woman got really bad pain in her arm, she's like, oh, I better get this checked out. So she did go and get it checked out, and the doctor did some tests, and there were some indications it might be something heart-related, but he sent her home with medicine for acid reflux. Then the pain didn't go away, so she went back, and then they said it was shingles. So then she went back again because the pain still didn't go away. Now this is five days later. This time she finally got to a cardiologist. He was like, oh my God, you're having this kind of heart attack. You have to go into surgery. He handed her her cell phone and said, call your husband, because I don't know if you're going to make it out alive. So she did fortunately make it out alive, but unfortunately she did have permanent heart damage because it took five days for them to figure this out. And so after we wrote this story, it got posted on our Facebook page and all these women reacted, sharing similar stories of things that had happened to them and were like, wow, we really hit a nerve here. So we wanted to look into it even more deeply.
1: It sounds like a really powerful story, um, and it does. The, the anecdotes are amazing from women talking about how long it took various conditions to be diagnosed, everything common from endometriosis to um, autoimmune diseases. So tell me a little bit about why this seems to be happening. What did the writer learn?
2: Well, why, one of the big reasons is that a lot of the research has been done first on white men and that's kind of the standard for all medical research now that's changing but still a lot of the research has been done on white men and women have different symptoms frankly so when a woman comes in with fatigue or maybe some kind of arm pain that could be a sign of a heart attack but they're used to seeing chest pain right so this not doesn't get diagnosed the other reasons um, some of them are again the different symptoms and not recognizing them and then sometimes it's like, well, it's all in your head or it's been being dismissed. Like, it's, it's just the flu or you're just tired or whatever. It's just not taken seriously. And finally, a lot of times pain can be mysterious, right? You're just not sure what's causing it. So it's just like, well, it's probably a woman's thing. Go back to your gynecologist. Those were some of the reasons our experts cited.
1: Are there certain conditions that are more likely to be misdiagnosed than others, particularly
2: for women? Yeah, well you hit on too, and what's really interesting is endometriosis just affects women, and it's not that uncommon. It affects one in 10, but it still gets misdiagnosed. It takes an average of six to 10 years to get that diagnosed properly. It's really sad. It's unbelievable. It really is. We have the story of a woman, Katie, who it took her 20 years to get her endometriosis diagnosed. And by the time she did, she had to have two surgeries and a hysterectomy. So she lost her fertility. She was really angry about it. So that's one condition. Autoimmune is another um, that affects 75% of the people who get it are women. Heart disease is another big one as we touched on earlier. Women who um, are, even after they've had a heart attack, they're 50% more likely to be misdiagnosed with heart disease. Same as with stroke, they're 30% more likely to be misdiagnosed with stroke. And even after they have symptoms of a stroke, they're less likely to get this clot-busting drug known as TPA that can really save your life. Um, pain is another big one. It's often dismissed, again, it's in your head, it's something else. They're not given as aggressive treatment as men are for pain.
1: So yeah, you'd think that heart attack would be a big sign of a heart problem, but. You'd, you'd
2: think it would be, but I, that one just astounded me when I looked at it, I said, that cannot be right. But it was true.
1: What did the what did you and the writer learn in the course of doing research for this story about how women can prevent this from happening I and mean, how do you keep yourself from being a victim of a misdiagnosed condition?
2: That's a really good question. And as we were talking about this afterward, you know, this affected a lot of women. It's when we were talking with on, among ourselves, almost everyone had a story, and it felt kind of depressing because we're like there really there's no happy ending to this really without a lot of work. But here's what we figured you can do. You can first Trust your instincts. And if you feel like there's a pain or there's something wrong and it's just not right, you really need to go check it out. Don't think, oh, I'm just being a silly woman or whatever you know, be, you've know. you been taught to think. Um, so get it checked out. When you go to the doctor, be prepared, make sure your most important questions are written down and you can ask them because you might get a limited time. And ask lots of questions about whatever he or she says, what kind of treatment they're offering and what it's supposed to do. And then the most important thing is if they don't get it right, if you're still having problems, go for a second opinion, go for a third opinion, go for a fourth opinion. I mean, you just have to keep pushing until you find that right person. And in all the cases we talked to amongst ourselves, that's really what happened. People just kept going back to the doctor until they found one who took them seriously. It's great advice.
1: If you want to read more about this story, you can find the link in our show notes. Planning
0: a trip abroad takes a lot of coordination. There's passports, packing, and the fun part, your itinerary once you get there. But there's one more thing you may not think about that's just as important. Vaccinations. Doctors recommend that you get immunizations to protect yourself from many different diseases you could be exposed to around the world. And the shots you should get depend on where you're going and what you'll be doing while you're there. You might need a different set of vaccines if you're camping or hiking in the rainforest versus visiting friends in a major city. But there are some common vaccines that are often recommended for many travelers. That includes hepatitis A and typhoid, which are diseases you can get from contaminated food and water. There's diseases that bugs or other animals carry, like yellow fever, rabies, and Japanese encephalitis. And though there's no vaccine for it, you may need to take medicine to prevent malaria. Also, experts say no matter where you travel, you should make sure you're up to date on routine vaccinations, like those for measles, tetanus, whooping cough, and the flu. A lot of countries, including the U.S., have had outbreaks of these diseases in recent years, so it's a good idea to keep those shots updated. Also, people with some health conditions, weaker immune systems, or women who are pregnant may need more vaccines than others. And children may not be able to get some vaccines until they're a certain age. So make sure you know what's required before you go. Some countries say that foreigners must show proof, called an International Certificate of Vaccination, or a yellow card, that you've had shots for specific diseases, like yellow fever or polio. Who can help you coordinate all this? You can try visiting a health clinic that specializes in travel. The CDC's website, cdc.gov, can help you find one. You can also check the CDC's website for specific vaccine recommendations for every country and for specific groups of people, too. It does help to plan ahead. Try to get your shots four to six weeks before your trip. That usually gives the vaccine enough time to work, and it helps you plan in case you need more than one dose of a vaccine. You may not always be able to plan ahead if you need to make a last minute business trip or there's a family emergency, but you may be able to get vaccines or medicines on an accelerated schedule, which means there's a shorter time between doses of the vaccine. And even one dose of something like hepatitis A can give you partial protection from that disease. So your best bet is to visit a travel health clinic or talk to your doctor and see what you can do to give yourself the most protection during your travels abroad. does this sound familiar? While other people are taking summer vacations and leaving the office early on Fridays, you're too busy to take time away. Most days, you can't even fit in a lunch break. And even when you do get a rare break, you're still checking email and fielding job-related questions, so it's like you never left the office. It probably does to a lot of people who are working so hard that it's taking a toll on their health. Let's see what you know about how being busy all the time affects your well-being. We're going to take a quick quiz. Question number one. Where does burnout come from? Is it high blood sugar, constant stress over time, or obesity? It is constant stress over time. So burnout happens when stress piles up to a level that you just can't deal with anymore. Long hours of work and a full calendar can cause it. You may be headed to a burnout if you feel tired all the time, spend most of your day on tasks that feel overwhelming or boring, feel underappreciated, or you think most days are bad ones. Okay, let's move on to question number two. What part of your body works overtime when you constantly work overtime? Is it your eyes, your sweat glands, or your adrenal glands? The correct answer is your adrenal glands. Those are a pair of glands that sit on top of your kidneys, and they make a lot of hormones, including those that are tied to stress. Sudden stress, like the kind that might happen after you narrowly avoid a car accident, triggers a part of your brain that tells your adrenal glands to flood your body with hormones. Those hormones rev up your bodies for fight or flight. Low-level, or constant stress on the other hand, keeps your body pumping out those hormones in a steady stream, so you stay on high alert even if you're not in physical danger. Alright, that was a tough one. Let's try question number three. If stress hormones hang out in your body for a long time, what can they do? Is it use up your body's fat stores, damage your blood vessels, or increase your concentration? The correct answer is damage your blood vessels, so chronic stress may make you more likely to have heart attacks or strokes by raising the plaque buildup that clogs your arteries. You're also more likely to have high blood pressure. You might think that stress would sharpen your senses, but it actually dulls them over time. It's also no weight loss plan. High levels of cortisol, which is a hormone tied to stress, make your body hang on to fat, and that can lead to extra pounds. All right, question number four, true or false? You're more likely to get sick when you're put in long hours on the job. That is, probably makes sense, true. Burning the candle at both ends can wear you down, but it also weakens your immune system. And that means you're less protected from germs that come your way. If you're not leaving time in your schedule for exercise, you're at a higher risk of cancer, heart disease, or both? The correct answer is both. If you're glued to an office chair or the seat of a vehicle all day, and you're not offsetting that stillness with some muscle movement, you're really raising your chance of some kind of health problem, whether it's heart-related, cancer-related, or something else entirely. Exercise is one of the best ways to prevent disease. Okay, I hope you put plan getaway in big letters at the top of your to-do list this week. If you want to learn more about overwork and your health, you can take the full quiz. The link is in our show notes. Now for our Tweak of the Week. Set aside time to worry. Constant stressing about little or even big things can really drain you. So if you know you're someone who tends to do that all day long, try this instead. When you catch yourself worrying, train yourself to save those thoughts for later, maybe 30 minutes of each afternoon. And during that time, you can think about what's bothering you and possible ways to fix it. It may help you calm down in the moment and maybe worry less over time. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for joining us. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out WebMD on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We have some great information and the latest in health news too. Hope everybody has a great week.